Tom Allen spoke about Saturday's disappointing win at his press conference on Monday. Did anything he said make us feel any better about the Hoosiers moving forward? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast. We're part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Appreciate you making us your first listen wherever you may be listening from, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, you know the deal. Make sure you guys download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Especially if you're going to—I was going to say going to the IU game—you probably aren't going to Maryland, but Colts games, Pacers games coming up, IU games, whatever it may be. Make sure you're using Game Time. Tom Allen had his weekly press conference on Monday. Obviously, there was a lot to discuss, and probably not in a good way on this uh, on this Monday, about where the Hoosiers are. The biggest questions remain on the offense. He didn't fire Walt Bell. I kind of mentioned it. He said the word change a lot after Saturday's game in the post-game press conference. I didn't really imagine he was going to fire Walt Bell. He's pretty slow to the trigger on those, but... It's worth noting, here's what he did say about the offense. What we did wasn't effective and wasn't good enough, especially down there in the score zone. I don't know why he called it the score zone and not the red zone. Um, So to me, that's about being able to score points, and that right now is something we're not doing at a high enough level. They're barely doing it at all, and certainly not at a high enough level. Yeah, things have to change, and I will say that everything since uh, that disappointing performance has been about needing to make changes, needing to figure out the offense, needing to fix things, needing just to start over in some sense. He hasn't said that much, but it's been a lot about changing, a lot about changing, a lot about changing. The question is, do you trust this coaching staff to, implement the right changes and do so successfully make the right changes do so successfully. I have questions about that. And I think most people should, because it is a, um, it's in a coaching staff that took a quite a while to land on Taven Jackson, who I think pretty clearly has the chops and should have been the guy. And it's a coaching staff that got IU to this point so far. Why should we believe that they're going to do things differently? I don't know. I mean, with with this offense, this isn't really a one-year isolated issue. The offense was not great last year. Now, it was different. You had someone like Connor Bazelak, a little bit more experience, that was able to do a little bit more. Same as Jack Tuttle, but... The offense wasn't really good last year. They kind of landed on something with Dexter Williams at the end of the year, but that was such a small sample size and such a drastic change from where they were at the beginning of the year that it's hard to really know how much of that was the coaching staff kind of striking gold or how much of that was just being such a different team than they were at the beginning of the season. 
I digress. What I will say is I don't have a great lot, uh, a great amount of faith in this coaching staff. And Walt Bell doesn't deserve a great amount of faith. Now, Tom Allen was kind of asked who's to blame, what's to blame for this offensive failure. Here's what he said. It's a little bit of a longer quote. We're not scoring the points we need to score without question. To me, we've got to do a better job of that. To everyone, you've got to do a better job of that. That's everything. It's play calling. It's technique. It's the scheme adjustments. It's everything we need to do to be able to maximize our guys and help us get the ball in the end zone. At the end of the day, we're we're performance-based assessment, and we've got to perform as players and as coaches. So the goal is to get the ball in the end zone up offensively so we can win football games. That is the goal. I can confirm that. Uh, So I will say it's noteworthy. He he specifically said it's the play calling in, in terms of things they have to do a better job of, and it was the first thing he said. I will say this. This feels a lot like last year when it was very clear that the offensive line, uh, the offensive line coach needed to go, but we had to wait maybe an extra two games to get to that point. I think at this point it's pretty clear Walt Bell is not that guy, which shouldn't be a shock. It was a weird kind of hire when he came in. Um, I don't think he's that guy. And my fear is going to be we're going to have to wait two more games to find that out. No, excuse me. We're going to have to wait two more games for Tom Allen to find that out and eventually fire him. And very specifically in this situation, two more games would be heading into the bye week, if I'm not mistaken, which, I mean, if you're going to switch offensive coordinators and implement something new, that would be when you would do it. Um. No, I'm sorry. After this week is a, is the bye week. So, I mean, if you were going to make a change, it would be soon, I would think, heading into the bye week. Now, having said that, there is also some validity to what Tom Allen said. Uh, Walt Bell has been bad. The execution of the offense at a, in a lot of phases was also bad on Saturday. And that is kind of, to some degree escaped criticism because of how bad Walt Bell was. The offensive line is such this odd mix of being wholly incapable of run blocking. Up to Saturday, they had been decent in pass blocking, good enough that Taven um, could escape the pocket when needed and make plays. He's not taking the guys out to dinner this week, I can assure you that, because that wasn't a great performance from them. But... They, even when Taven had time, how many drop passes were there on Saturday? That was such a frustrating aspect. Drop passes are very frustrating, maybe to an irrational degree. You can't expect receivers to be perfect, but especially on throws that are on the point and in games where, like Saturdays, it was a frustrating game that IU should not have been that close in having dropped passes in that scenario is it just uh, amplifies things. So there was a lot of facets of the game. Jalen Lucas, they did a lot of things wrong with him on Saturday, not getting him involved in the pass game at all being chief among them. He also struggled in run blocking, which has kind of been the bugaboo about him. And part of the reason he didn't play as much last season is because he, struggled in those types of situations so there's a lot of fingers that should be pointed 
It's just maybe the biggest finger should be pointed at Walt Bell. But there does need to be a lot of changes on the offense. Taven Jackson is not... Um, he deserves some, some criticism as well. He talked to the media on Monday too. We'll give his thoughts on one very big play from Saturday and what Tom Allen had to say about Taven as well. Before we do any of that, let's talk about game time where I'm going to bring up the game time app. There's no IU game to look up because they're going to be at Maryland this week and then two weeks off before the Michigan game. But there are Rams and Colts tickets on the app right now. My favorite uh, feature on the app you're not going to be able to see it, maybe a little bit, depending on how I hold this. Those are all pictures of what your view will look like if you buy tickets from that, uh, buy those tickets for the Rams-Colts game. Easily my favorite feature about the Game Time app. You're going to know exactly where you're sitting, what you're going to see, what you might not see from those seats. And that is why I love the Game Time app. It has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event as well, even an hour before it starts, excuse me, even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings, and the Game Time guarantee means you'll get the best prices if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, uh, for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Appreciate you guys always making us your first listen throughout the years. We started this from scratch. You guys have been an awesome audience that has grown with us. Appreciate you guys for that. And I hope you guys are doing the same with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. They've just started from scratch this season. They come live to you every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on any Locked On College YouTube channel. So be sure you guys are subscribed to them and you are supporting them the way you have supported us, they'll have everything you need to know with the in-depth analysis you can only get it locked on about each week of a lot of college football action. Taven Jackson, I think it's safe to say that was his worst game. As a Hoosier, um, bar the... I'm not really counting the first game. I... That first game was weird. I'm not counting that. Since that, that was his worst game as a Hoosier. We mentioned some of it wasn't on him. Some of it was on him. Uh, I thought there was a tremendous point made during the broadcast about why so many of his throws are high. And it having to do with the amount of arm power he has and not being able to harness that as much. That I mean, that's very fair, and that makes sense. And also, it makes sense because he's a young quarterback. 
He should have games with growing pains like this. He finished 11 for 26, 190 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The interception was bad. He stared down the wide receiver. The touchdown, I thought, was actually a good decision. Even though it was a throw into coverage, Cam Camper had a very physical advantage over his defensive player. I like how he puts the ball in a space for his receiver to make a play. He does that with Camper a lot. That little sideline almost fade route, kind of over-the-top ball, he loves to Camper. And it allows Camper to, to go out and make a play. So I, I very much enjoy that part of his game, and I think he's still growing. But so, Saturday was bad on his part. Nothing, there was no point worse than the third overtime where I, you should have won the game with ease. Uh, Jalen Lucas comes in motion across the line fake the handoff he continues his route and runs into the end zone and i'm not exaggerating you guys probably saw the play there was nobody within 20 yards of him taven never once looked that way threw it into coverage it was picked off thank god indiana won because that would have been a just brutal way for that game to be remembered taven did talk about that he was asked about it and here's what he said he's not my read it's one two three and get out of there I've never looked at Jalen ever running that play in practice. I know he's butt naked, but I understand that explanation. I think if Taven were in year two, three, four, he would be able to read the defense enough to know that Jalen is going to be open because nobody followed him across the line And if you're in zone coverage and you can turn and look and see the guys came with the receivers, it's just kind of one of those things where if you process things, you should know that Jalen's wide open there. At the same time, I do understand that you have that that clock in your head ticking. It's it's read one, read two, read three. The ball's got to go. And so that's the decision he made. It's a logical explanation, I would say, and it doesn't make that play any less uh, frustrating. It was symptomatic of a offense that was just a mess throughout the night. And getting into a goal line situation where you struggle so much to score and then literally having it gifted to you. You had the win gifted to you. And not to be able to come away with it was, it was frustrating. I was I was saying a lot of curse words after that play. Not directed at anybody, just at the general idea of what this game was becoming. Again, thank God Indiana won. Because boy, that would have been, that would have been up there with the most incredible peak IU moments. If that one, if, if, if IU loses that game, I was trying to think, what are the peak IU moments in my head? Uh, it was the drop against Iowa in 2009. Was it DeMarlo Belcher? Maybe when we would have upset Iowa and it was dropped in the end zone. That's up there. Uh, the Indiana Ohio state game where Xander came in and IU should have won the game if not for a blatant pass interference. It just wasn't called. Uh, 
that past interference is up there. It's just photos and moments that describe the IU program. That would have been up there. Just Jalen standing with nobody within 20 yards of him. And IU losing the game. Now, Tom Allen had some thoughts on Taven too, similar to what we were saying. Uh, quote, growing pains without question, but we've got to look at it very thoroughly and figure out where we need to be and what we need to do to get those things fixed because we've got a really good team coming up here in a week. And they do, and we're going to talk about Maryland later. Oh boy, I don't feel good about that Maryland game, but they got a, a tough one coming up. But I didn't walk away from this game thinking the future was any less bright with Taven. You, these games are going to come. This probably won't be the last one he has this season. Just like the games or the halves against Louisville are going to come too. It was just a, a night in which you hope he has those struggles in a game that not everybody is struggling. It's just on Saturday, literally everybody was struggling and he wasn't able to kind of help lift Indiana in any way. Again, maybe year two, three, four, if he stays that long, Taven would be able to just lift Indiana even on a bad night, but this is still a redshirt freshman quarterback, so the this is this is the experience of starting a redshirt freshman quarterback. There will be nights like this. It's just as Tom Allen said, you gotta learn from it and you gotta grow from it and you gotta move forward because there is a really good team waiting on the Hoosiers. We've been pretty down about Indiana for the last almost two podcasts now. Let's look at some positives from this game. It's not a long list, but let's look at some positives from this game to wrap up this episode and hopefully end on a little bit of a brighter note. Before we talk about the positives, let's talk about DoorDash. You guys missing the syrup for your pancakes? You just run out of your favorite coffee creamer? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites. Now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. You get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you pick them yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That is half off. All you have to do is spend up to $20 with, I mean, honestly, with the price of groceries right now, that's, that's not too hard. And there will be zero delivery fees on your first order. There is no catch. Half off groceries. All you have to do is spend $20. Just download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On College. Don't forget, that's code Locked On College for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Let's talk about some positives in this game. Again, admittedly, it's not a lot. We'll start on the offense, and there certainly is not a lot in the offense. Cam Camper, he looked really good, and he looked back to his old form, basically. Um, He has been, save for the game in which he kind of got injured, I think he's been really, really good this season, and... The last two weeks, he's had a couple big receptions, a couple 40-yard receptions, uh, really on the same kind of play, that that go route that him and Taven seem to really like. Um, 
he they've hooked up a couple of times on that. Cam Camper looks back to his old self. I think he probably needs to target it a bit more and uh, more than four receptions in a game, but a hundred yard game and a touchdown. Big performance from him. Christian Turner uh, did well, I thought, in a an offense that really cannot run the ball at all. Turner was did as best as he could. 13 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Um, 5.2 yards per carry. I thought he probably earned a little bit more. Josh Henderson's also really good. So um, there's not a ton of carries to be spread around. I think I would be more okay with taking carries away from Jalen if IU uses him in the pass game more. They didn't do that on <laughs> that. I think out of all the bizarre questions I have about Saturday, how Jalen Lucas had not a single target in the pass game is far and away number one. This is a positive segment. We're going to be positive about this segment. <laughs> but that's the only positive is about the offense. Uh, the secondary. I thought Dunham and Moore continue to impress. Those were the guys that came away with the interceptions. Those are guys that I thought have played well uh, throughout the first four games of the season. We, we've heaped a lot of praise on the secondary, and they deserved it because that was the unit I had easily the most questions about on the defense. I couldn't tell you starters when we talked about this week one um so those two guys continue to stand out dunham has had interceptions in multiple games lewis moore had two on saturday including a really nice pick six so between those two nick toomer has been really good when he's been healthy noah pierre i think has been really solid he had a big sack um well he had a sack but Nonetheless, in that Husky position, he's been really good. Jamari Sharp has had moments too. So I think the secondary has been pretty good in this one. I use run defense wasn't good, but typically that's not something that the secondary is responsible as much for. You have to get through a couple lines before you get to the secondary. Uh, Akron only finished with 211 yards passing and three interceptions. So I thought the secondary did a good job holding up in pass coverage. It was kind of the first two levels that were more uh, that had more issues. That being said, Andre Carter continues to be a menace. Uh, another sack on Saturday. There are a number of times he's in a position where his stats don't even justify everything he's doing. There's holding penalties on him called. He is just a handful for a defensive line throughout the entire game. And that doesn't always show up in the stat line. There's QB hurries, QB hits, things like that. He is always creating pressure, creating issues, and making quarterbacks uncomfortable. So he continues to be awesome as well. And someone we haven't talked about at all, um, Chris Freeman. Two for two for field goals, three for three for extra points. He hasn't missed anything so far this season. Knock on wood, fingers crossed. Whatever you need to do, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know that it'll be picked up. I'm knocking on wood now, but he has been really good. Uh, there was talk after the first scrimmage in fall camp that the special teams didn't look good. Granted, that's all they kind of said. I don't know who didn't look good, but regardless of that, 
there was a competition coming into the season between him and Nico Radisic, the freshman standout. No, not anymore. There is no competition there. Freeman has clearly taken a step ahead. Now that doesn't mean he might not struggle and it becomes a competition again, but he is very clearly the number one right now. And he has been reliable and there's not a lot of things on IU's entire roster that has been reliable this year. So Kudos to him. IU doesn't have a kicking problem. Knock on wood again. I Please don't let there become one, but IU doesn't have a kicking problem. And so that is pleasant. Um, I wish there were less field goals taken and more touchdowns scored in the red zone, but the rate IU is doing things, getting points in the red zone, period, is a miracle. So shout out to Freeman for giving the Hoosiers that. Thanks to all you guys for suffering through another, <laughs> suffering through a IU football podcast, much as the way you suffered through an IU football win on Tuesday. Tomorrow we'll do our recruiting Wednesday episode. Thursday we'll look ahead to Maryland. Friday we'll get you the la- the latest and get you all caught up. So you guys know the deal. You know the schedule at this point. We're going to be here every day this week to get you through right up to Saturday's game. Make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening at. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. You can follow me at Jacob Rude. It's on the YouTube page as well. Thank you guys for always supporting us and uh, being here each and every day, especially during The dark days of football. There'll be brighter days of basketball ahead. But uh, let's get through this football season before we get there. As always, guys, I hope you have a great Tuesday. And most importantly, Elio.